0: A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting John Perez. John is a Senior Client Engagement Manager and the lead for the Venture Network at Avia, the nation's leading healthcare innovation network. His work spans both innovation and strategic capital investments in digital health. He holds a degree in biomedical engineering from Vanderbilt and works out of Chicago here like myself, and I'm so privileged to have him on the podcast today to dig into a little bit about venture in really healthcare how health systems can best leverage their position and how to best position their strategy as it relates to venture. And so, John, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Saul. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So before we dive in, I would love to hear more about you, John, and what inspires your work in healthcare.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I really grew up in a medical household. So I had two amazing physician parents. My mom was a pediatrician. My dad's a plastic surgeon. And so right off the bat, you have two total opposite ends of the spectrum. But, you know, it really did kind of two things growing up. First, made it really, really hard for me to fake being sick as a kid. And (laughs) and second, you know, it really introduced me into healthcare and jumpstarted my career within healthcare at a really young age. And so I had the good fortune of being, you know, able to spend a ton of time with my mom at her pediatric office working summers and kind of part-time and really got familiar with the full patient journey from end to end. I got to spend time in scheduling, billing, collections, kind of the whole nine yards. And, you know, one key thing that I ended up being a a big part of is the transition from her full office from paper to electronic, right? To paper to EMR. And, you know, if you can picture it, you'd see me kinda of locked away in a room, charts all over the floor, we're scanning into the system. And I'm I'm trying to piecemeal, you know, what were some of the processes that happened when this was paper and, and what are these processes going to look like when we're now leveraging digital and we're in the new system. And talk about the the easiest way to get some hands on experience into just kind of the overall clunkiness of healthcare. Right. You have right. a piecemeal you know, processes and a lot of, you know, administrative burden just in the overall health system. And so I, I really got exposure to that at a, at a very young age. And probably what I didn't fully appreciate at the time is just the massive opportunity for technology and really for, for digital to, to kind of play a role into the healthcare space. And so, you know, you take, take that and fast forward, you know, decades later, and the processes are still pretty clunky, right? You, right, there's, right. there's still lots of administrative ways. And, you know, I'm just super grateful and fortunate to be sitting in a position at Avia where I'm truly at the epicenter and kind of smack dab in the middle of what we're seeing as the, you know, healthcare digital transformation revolution more broadly today.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, I just picture you there on the floor, papers everywhere, <laughs> trying to figure this thing out. And that aha moment's like, wow, there, this could be so much better. And, here you are you know many years later pursuing that mission with avia so folks you've listened to a couple interviews with other leaders at avia on the podcast bruce and amy and you know they're helping healthcare organizations unlock the power of digital and so john you know it's exciting to get you on here too to talk more about the venture side of things and so tell us a little bit more about how the business is adding value to the healthcare ecosystem around venture
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe just to set the stage and provide a little bit of context for those listening and who, who don't know Avia kind of more broadly. Yeah. Um, Avia is really a network of, you know, 50 plus leading health systems across the country. Systems, all shapes and sizes, you know, big, small, academic, community-based, rural and urban. And, you know, really, they're all aligned around one key thing. It's how can we best leverage digital to move the needle at our organization? And so we at Avi, we partner with our systems in a number of different ways, right? Starting, you know, all the way at the top with things like enterprise strategy and how can we help systems think through, you know, what are some of those really big moves, those big things that we need to be thinking about in order to stay competitive and relevant in the healthcare market today, all the way down to, you know, Hey, Avia, I'm really trying to pick the right solution company partner to help us, you know, take better care of our patients at home, for example. And, you know, can you help us pick and align around the right solution partner for us in the remote monitoring space. And so, you know, you I feel like of all people get the joke, right? it, it <laughs> we know that digital is massively important in healthcare.
0: Right.
1: And you know, you could just spend a ton of time interviewing some of the most inspiring leaders that are tackling some really, really complex challenges. But the reality in our world is that there's just so much noise out there, mm-hmm. and You know, you have every company touting AI, machine learning, you know, they might be the virtual health platform of the future. And that's not to knock any of the companies, right? You have some amazing entrepreneurs that are really changing healthcare for the better. But as a health system and, you know, maybe potentially limited resources, a tech landscape that's changing what feels like kind of real time now. It's how do you sift through all that noise and how do you pick the right digital partner for you? It's incredibly tricky stuff. And so. That's really where Avia comes in more broadly, right? Driven by the experience of our 50 plus systems in the network, we have resources that are just dedicated and waking up every single day thinking about things like social determinants of health, right? Like virtual health strategies, how to leverage remote monitoring, all of these types of spaces. And they're really just chomping at the bit to help our health systems, you know, guide them through whatever step of the way that they're in. And so... You know, that's Avia more broadly. and my role at Avia, kind of, I wear two big hats at Avia, right? So we talked about venture a little bit. My first hat is really on the client engagement team. And so I'm working kind of hand in hand with some of the innovation leaders, the clinical leaders, the operational leaders at our member health systems, really to say and understand, you know, what's your strategic goals? What are your priorities? And how can I best plug you into all the great stuff that we have at Avia, right? Mm -hmm. The resources, the diligence, and, you know, help you get what you need done. That's kind of hat one. And then, as you mentioned, hat two and where we'll spend most of the time today is um, the lead for obvious venture network. And at at a high level, right, uh, obvious venture network is really if you took the fifty plus systems in the broader network, about a third or a quarter of them have a strategic investment arm or uh, a venture branch, and that is associated with their system. And they look to invest capital alongside adopting digital technologies. And so our whole venture network is really focused on supporting that subset of members and. It all really started about three years ago where one of our more gung-ho investor health systems really just raised their hand and said, hey, you right? We're a strategic investor. We know there are some other ones in the network. Can you just put us in a room? Let's just talk best practices, investment strategies, and, you know, learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And... So starting there, you know, we have just grown a ton with just interest in this space within venture capital in the healthcare ecosystem. So now we're at a spot where we have over a dozen health system investors in in the venture network, right? They're collectively worth over three quarters of a billion in total assets under management. And we've now really surfaced over 30 direct digital healthcare companies for investment opportunities to that group. So exciting stuff within that space. And if I were to just give a little bit of color on kind of the nuts and bolts, Right. You can really understand the venture network by understanding we anchor ourselves in really these quarterly Shark Tank style events where we'll take the 12 plus health system investors we just talked about, you know, put them in a room and surface six or so curated investment opportunities each quarter and really just play matchmaker in the space to help our health systems get a, you know, a solid look at a unique, interesting investment opportunity and help some of these promising companies really secure capital from a, you know, an interesting strategic
0: capital source. Yeah that's really great and you know the opportunity is capital but also the other opportunity is having somebody interested in <laughs> using you right so it's the distribution method there tell us a little bit more about that
1: Yeah yeah it's 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 absolutely you know two uh, big aspects of value right you have have capital and and investment and you have aligning yourself as a customer and in two big buckets right and so if i were to say you know, where the value of the venture network comes from, right? And and what that looks like is, I'd actually put it as kind of two different sides of the coin. So really on the first side of the coin, you have the strategic investor side, right? And Mm -hmm. you have, how, how do we help our health systems from that perspective? And my take is really there, there aren't many, if any organizations that have a better pulse on the digital healthcare landscape today, right? We talked about that. That's kind of our day job. That's day one for us at Avia. And things like, you know, what are the trends? How are companies uniquely positioned? You know, who's seeing the market traction within the space? And so that gives us a really incredible unique vantage point to surface some of these curated investment opportunities. Right. You could also look within our space of kind of how our health systems tap into their the network from a venture perspective and thinking about things like their socializing and vetting investment opportunities amongst each other, you know, socializing their portfolio companies. So added value from that perspective and really. You know how can they leverage some of the experience from the broader group to put in best practices at their specific organization? So on the health system side, right, that really puts us in a really unique position if you combine all those things. But I saw kind of what you were getting at, right, is the value added from a company perspective is I think as you kind of touched on, right, the statement holds true. Capital is not all the same, and you know great CEOs and entrepreneurs really. See that a lot of the folks that you know you interview on a daily basis see that right and there's so much value in aligning with a strategic health system investor that goes way beyond just the cash on the check right and this group totally. becomes a really really interesting valuable source of capital for companies that, that that really see that and so you know we had obviously kind of sit in the middle of those two really help connecting kind of both parties.
0: And it's challenging, right? If you're a healthcare organization looking to see what's out there, you know, and maybe you have a strategic investment arm, like a third of the group does. Maybe you don't. But the reality is there's still a ton of companies out there that are doing great things, some that are not. (laughs) And how do you know? And then the other thing is Integration into the system, how long is it taking? Right. And a, a big factor is trust and getting through a lot of the due diligence. Oftentimes, a company could get bought or go out of business. <laughs> Have you seen some of this, John? And tell me a little bit more about, you know, what makes Avia different and better than what might be available to these health systems today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think. It's such a, a changing landscape and not only just more broadly, but even now in the wake of COVID, right, things are mm-hmm. changing at such a rapid pace that it's really, really hard to keep your finger on the pulse. And so, I mean, if I think about, you know, what makes us different in the market, I mean, I feel like I, I kind of touched base on that, right, just before and the, and the differences between, you know, health systems and, you know, companies and the value they glean from our work specifically. But if I, if I were to talk about kind of the value and just overall improved outcomes, Right. I really just walk through maybe just a member example of some of our work in the past.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great.
1: Yeah. The best way to talk about it is through an example. And all of this is public information. So, you know, out of respect, our members all blinded
0: information. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But so early last year, we surfaced a company through one of our Shark Tank style events, surfaced a company called Twistle. And okay. Twistle is, they're, they're a company that's tackling kind of care plan automation and Patient engagement more broadly, but at the end of the day, they're kind of really laser focused on, you know, how, how do we better engage patients through digital in kind of a scalable way, right? To at the end of the day, improve patient outcomes. That's kind of their niche. Mm-hmm. And through our process, they received a ton of interest from the broader group and, and actually ultimately one of our health systems co-led the round, which is fantastic. And so they raised a total of 16 million. And then actually we ended up having two other health system investors join the round. So now you have, you know, one company with three strategic health system investors all together. So that's an exciting outcome from, from our perspective, right? So as a company, you have three big brand name health systems as strategic investors that are really tacked onto your effort and you either they are current clients, right? Cause that some might be, might need to kind of have that in place in order to invest or they're hopefully future clients. And, but I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're all invested to help you shape the direction of the company and the product in the best way possible.
0: That's really cool. And so the hospitals were able to almost even get white glove treatment in the process, you know, the development, customization, and the results, sounds like were really great.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. From the health system side, right? You have, at least in the process, you have a curated investment opportunity, you know, through a lot of our diligence and research, right, Surface that way. You have health systems that are able to de-risk their investment by really just the ability to swap notes and talk with other health systems and how they're really thinking about the space and the specific company more broadly, right. And ultimately landing on, you know, health system investing together. And so as a company, right, they really do see the value in that capital. And so it's just a really, really interesting space to be in for, for that group. And I think this example is, is an interesting one, right? Because the kicker is all of this happened kind of pre COVID, right. And pre the state of the state that we're in today. And, you know, in the wake of everything going on, there really isn't a health system out there that isn't thinking about trying to digitally engage with their patients, right? That is right. that that is kind of where we currently sit in. That's a, a really big focus for some of our health systems. And so, so Twistle, the company, has been really, really well positioned to support their health systems to this time. So from that investment, right, you already have health systems that have, they've received strategic value. Right from their investment because they're they're leveraging a technology that they invested in uh, potentially, right, to support some of their really tricky times within COVID. And, you know, they really paved the way for an actual cash capital ROI return, you know, down the road. So just kind of one example of, you know, a handful of cases of how we just derive a lot of great value from that broader group.
0: So, John, fascinating work that you guys are doing there and the Twistle example, just super interesting way that everybody wins. Tell us a little bit about the setbacks. I feel like we learn more from the setbacks we experience than the wins. So what is one of those and maybe a key learning that you pulled from that that's made you guys better?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, I mean, it's a really good question for us, right? Because. We've been doing this for a few years but we're still relatively young in this space and so we're constantly learning and working through challenges and kind of picking things up along the way but if I were to pinpoint you know one key one for us it's really timing timing is a really really big challenge for our work and when I say timing I mean it takes a lot of time for a health system to really align around a strategic opportunity a strategic investment opportunity and ultimately write the check you know, that takes a lot of time if you're you know, if you're more of a institutional investor, a more traditional VC fund, I mean, you're you're still going to take time, right? You're gonna you're gonna do your due diligence, but it feels like a lot less of a cumbersome process. And for our group, just about every single health system in the room really does need to have true operational alignment within any investment opportunity they look at. They need to have line of sight into the fact that they're going to derive a lot of value as a customer before they write any checks. And so, what that means is, right, it's your needs need to align with the system strategy. You need to socialize the investment opportunity amongst a number of key stakeholders, and all of that stuff really takes time. And so, from our end, it's now we have to service investment opportunities accordingly, right? You can't service right. investment opportunities that are weeks or even months ish away, right? Because it's just not going to happen, right? Your systems aren't going to get aligned that quickly. Maybe some might be able to, but really tricky. And you can't service investment opportunities at a year plus down the road. Because you know, you'll know you lose steam, lose interest, and I mean, the rounds might not be even as formalized as they'd like to be. So timing for us has just been been really, really tricky. Yeah. And it's tough, but so we, I mean, we've kind yeah, of... Yeah,
0: and it's an issue, right? I mean, it takes time. And if you're going to write a check, I mean, it takes time. You want to do your due diligence, right? So how have you guys found that sweet spot there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, learning through our kinks along the way, we've kind of landed on this you know, three to six month investment opportunities, surfacing opportunities from about three to six months out. Okay. And, you know, that, that, I mean, of course, the challenge there is that, you know, all of the needs need to align with the best companies are really in their need for capital. Right. And right. so, so still a little tricky. I don't know that we've figured out all the clunkiness, but I think that along with testing out the waters with some different types of events, especially now in the wake of COVID in our, more virtual world, right? We're we're testing out things. So I think if you had experienced maybe round one or round two of obvious venture network event, it might've felt more like a, you know, random walk down, down digital health, where there'll be a handful of companies, not necessarily playing in different spaces together, right? But interesting investment opportunities for our specific health systems. You know, now we're really toying with the opportunity of, or the idea of, hey, can we look at a particular space and really think about who are the top two or three best in class Companies in that space that we you know know from some of our diligence and align events you know that way. On the flip yeah. side, right again, if those companies aren't raising capital, do you leave out one of the best companies just because they're not raising? And yeah, probably not. Our health systems want to see kind of which are best in class. So again, I don't know that we've perfectly nailed it, but but figuring this thing out along the way.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting, John. You know, and in, in that example where you know maybe they're not raising, but you know, maybe showing support and getting some sort of strategic partnership alignment is just as valuable without having to write a check.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And so companies really come to the event for obviously two reasons, right? You have the want and need for capital, but also, I mean, it's a fantastic customer base, right? And so we've had many companies come through where they don't necessarily secure a check from one of these investors, but they do absolutely secure a customer. And that's, obviously a fantastic outcome from the company's perspective, because it's a really, really great group of a customer base as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so as the organizer of the events, the matchmaking events, I mean, you guys win if either happens, right? Because you're providing that environment where the health systems can find these sort of relationships and investment opportunities.
1: Yeah, you're spot on, right? All of these outcomes are great for us, right? Because at the end of the day, we want to help our health systems and not only just our health system investors, but align with really great digital opportunities that are going to move the needle for them strategic-wise. And these companies are really looking for key health system clients to prove out either their capability or just grow and expand with the the ever-changing landscape of healthcare. And so, you know, from our perspective, at least the Venture Network, I mean, folks might be confused, but we're not really a sidecar fund. We don't invest directly right? And so from a matchmaker perspective, it's really just, can we drive the best outcomes for both parties? And if that happens, then we're, we're happy as clams.
0: What would you tell any health system leaders listening now that maybe aren't members of Avia? How can they learn more? And, you know, what would you encourage them to consider as we go through tough times with COVID? the front door to the health system forever changed? You know, what, what encouragement would you give them, John?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good question, especially with things changing, you know, so much in the wake of COVID and how, I mean, we have, I probably just a good example of this, right? We have a, I heard a couple of weeks ago from a health system that I work with, you know, they're trying to They were trying to build out and integrate some of their texting capabilities. And over the past year and a half, it took them about a year and a half to organize really two or so use cases to secure kind of the texting capability and how to best engage with patients. You know, that's pre-COVID, post-COVID. We've had examples of health systems who have worked and acted in four to six weeks to build out and deploy a texting capability. And so right? We, all the, the old examples of the clunkiness and the challenges of aligning stakeholders, a lot of that has has kind of been thrown out the window and systems are moving quicker, right? They're moving faster than, than they ever have before. And so, you know, trying to continually work on your organization to keep things nimble and being able to move fast and kind of learn from your mistakes has been a big shift that we've seen in our health system network. And I think that's Proving to be a really, really good value add for some of these systems that are are just trying to you know block and tackle. And now that things are kind of calming down, although I wouldn't really quite say that, think through how do they redesign their organizations to accomplish these things from a long term strategy perspective?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's great. And you know, I mean, and the other point there is wave two. So if it yeah. does happen, how do you prepare yourself?
1: That's what everyone's asking for, right? Everyone's really asking that question right now. It's how do we best prepare ourselves, right, for wave two or what might even be, you know, wave three or just really the dynamic nature, I think, of the environment. A good example, actually, I had a a good conversation with the health system recently, and they're trying to design, you know, their virtual health strategy to be pretty nimble and understand that while right now we're not seeing as many inpatient visits, right, we're seeing a lot of virtual visits, but we know that that's going to change over the course of the next month and year how do we design an operation that just lets us flex kind of up and down yes. right and what are all the considerations there right like how are our providers going to be be staffed accordingly to to think about virtual and in person what are some of those complex things that you're thinking about and so really really tricky as far as thinking through the changing landscape and changing environment but i think the nice kind of silver lining is that you know digital has really shown that it has been able to help and and be effective in some of these spaces. And you think about things like rebuilding consumer confidence and helping patients and folks really understand that, you know, we're safe to go back into the health system environment has been tricky. And health systems across the country have really been enabling digital to help with some of those strategies. And, you know, that's something that we could spend a whole podcast on. And I, you know, I probably wouldn't even be the expert to talk about that, right? I I tap in some of my key folks at Avia who are those that are thinking about some of these bigger, broader consumerism type of efforts. Folks like, you know, Sonia Singh, who's the VP and really drives all our consumerism work at Avia. I mean, she's in these type of conversations with just about every system that we have. And so it's tricky stuff. It's tricky stuff.
0: Yeah, but you know, just being surrounded with people that are at the forefront of it, whether it be health systems, the thought leaders at your organization, John, or or even beyond, you know, some of the companies putting together some of the solutions, that's how you get it done. What are you most excited about today?
1: That's a really good question because again, like there's a lot to be excited about, but, you know, also we're in the midst of a pandemic, so there's a lot to be sad and concerned and confused about, but I mean, from my perspective, COVID has really shined a light, a really bright spotlight on a lot of the great work that we do at at Avia and really just the broader importance of digital. So what what I'm most excited about is that health systems are not stopping their spending in digital. Beckers actually came out with a really interesting article on, they did a survey of kind of the CFOs across the country, CFOs and senior leaders across the country. And it came back with a couple of cool things. So the first was you know, only 12% of CFOs expect to cut or defer digital spending, right? And again, when, as we talked about in the wake of a time, right? Yeah. And they're really strapped for cash right now. Systems are very, very strapped for cash. And so the fact that they're, you know, not expecting to cut spending on digital is really promising in the space. And then on the flip side, you know, 81% of CFOs and senior leaders said that there's an immediate need for digital and digital transformation for the long-term survival of their organization. So right off the bat, I mean, I feel like our organization has really been thinking about uh, the imperative of digital for so long. And now we're really starting to see that that systems are, are double downing in the digital space. And they're understanding that this is going to be a key, key piece of their long-term strategy and long-term survival, right? And that's not different from any organization. We just, the healthcare are kind of, you know, 10, 20 plus years behind. And so it's exciting to actually see that that this is starting to be realized from some of these systems and, and folks are acting. I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, more more broadly what I'm excited about. But I mean, personally, I think we've talked a little bit about this, but honestly just stoked to be in this role and in the in the work that I'm in. At AVI, I mean, similar to you, Saul, I get to engage with and learn from some of the most amazing leaders in healthcare, both on the system side, right? So those investors we talked about, the the innovation leaders and the really, really sharp, intelligent and experienced leaders in healthcare and on that side of the thing, and those CEOs and entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things, right? And just get to glean all this stuff in. If you ever hear our CEO and co-founder, Eric Langshire speak, he's always really talking about, he's just saying, guys, we get paid to learn, right? It's awesome stuff. And so at Avi, I'm always joking. We live kind of in doggy years, right? Where where one year at Avia might be seven years, you know, broadly or somewhere else, because we're just in the middle of so much. And there's so much moving and We're learning so much along the way that uh, it just gets me excited about kind of one, just the space, but two, the incredible opportunity that we have to, to really make a difference in healthcare more broadly.
0: Yeah, that's so great, John. And, you know, being in the middle of it all, you're learning a ton and you're helping others leverage those learnings to do even better with digital. So, I mean, just incredible work that you're up to there and the team is up to there. I'd love if you could just share a closing thought with us and then where the listeners could reach out to you to to find out more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this was actually something that came across recently from one of my health system members. And again, I'll, I'll keep it blinded, but the key contact there, she said, you know, you guys at Avia, you help us understand two things. One, we're not as far behind as we think we are. And two, we're really not as far ahead as we think we are either. <laughs> and like that statement just kind of stuck with me, and and holds true in a number of spaces, right? It holds yeah. holds true personally, it holds true true professionally in healthcare and other organizations. And so that kind of opened my eyes to how we can really learn from each other as a network, as an ecosystem. And so just wanted to leave that parting thought, and then. As far as getting in contact, uh, any of your listeners can reach out to me. Uh, my email is jperez at, at avia.health. Don't be shy. Would love to connect. And um, you can always learn more on Avia more broadly at our website, avia.health. And just Saul, you know, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate your time and 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 the conversation.
0: Yeah, John, this has been fun. And I appreciate you for coming on and sharing some of the insights that you're seeing over there and certainly wishing you guys the best please stay healthy and thanks again for being on awesome thanks so much hey outcomes rocket listeners no podcast no problem launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks most people hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network but you could turn the key to a made-to-order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90% of shows discontinue after five episodes. We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.